Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hey folks, this is Kevin. Just a few words before we start. We have so many amazing live shows coming up in New York, Los Angeles, San Francisco, and at Wesleyan University. First, in L.A., on January 26, we have the legendary Bobcat Goldthwaite, author Andy Berman, and actresses Stacey Mayer and Eliza Skinner. That very same night, January 26, in New York, we have another one of the greats, Judy Gold, plus Julie Klausner, Jeff Zimmerman, and Rob Cantrell. On January 27th in San Francisco, it's an all-star show. Ben Grant, Carrie Kenny, Nikki Glaser, Joshua Grinnell, and Natasha Leggero. You have to go to sfsketchfest.com to find out about that. Very next night, January 28th, we have another all-star show. Steve Agee, Sheng Wang, Mike Kaplan, Rick Overton, and Vanessa Ragland. And finally, if you're a student at Wesleyan University, look for us on February 10th because we're bringing comedian Kamau Bell there. And we're going to also be featuring stories by students and professors from the university itself. Always check risk-show.com for more information about our live shows. And just a quick note, I made a mistake on the last episode of Risk, the final story by Trouble Jones, the one about the three-way and the tampon, that actually was not recorded at a Risk show that was recorded at a show that we know and love here in New York City, Ask Me. It's hosted by the lovely Cami Climaco and David Crabb. Ask Me is also a wonderful storytelling podcast that you can look up on iTunes for more stories to hear there. So, sorry for the confusion over that. 
Now here's the show. Kids, this is Extra Risk, where we give you just a little bit more of the show where people tell true stories they never thought they'd dare to share. I'm Kevin Allison. This is Voyagers behind me now. Well, we teach a lot of workshops, of storytelling workshops up here in New York. You can find out more at thestorystudio.org. But at one of them, it was a one-day workshop, this fabulously talented young man named Peyton Clarkson stopped by. And he told this story there, got such a kick out of it, that I asked him if he could come in and record it, and it was just as much fun to hear the second time around. Peyton is a stand-up comedian here in New York. You can find him at PeytonClarkson.com. And here he is now with a story we call The Minions. So pretty much my entire adult life has been about trying to find jobs that will sustain me without having to join the actual workforce. Uh, And it's led to a bunch of different things, a bunch of odds and ends, and uh, none of them really pay that well. Most of them are pretty miserable. Uh, Everything just short of prostitution, I guess. But this one in particular was uh, maybe the most uh, strange experience that I've ever had in my life in the attempt to make money. I was called in by a friend to help a mega, mega millionaire move out of his high-rise luxury apartment in Manhattan. I've never really had a lot of experience with mega wealthy people. I found out after I got there that this wasn't a move that was of his own plan. He was being kicked out of his apartment. Every day that he was in the apartment, he was being charged $1,000 until he vacated the premises. When my friend asked me to do this odd job, he told me that it was $30 per hour. So when I got there, he wasn't even awake. And I was told from the, the, the guys downstairs, under no circumstances are you to disturb Mr. Johnson. That is completely against the rules. You cannot disturb him. So I'm sitting there in the apartment looking around, trying to find something, anything to do to validate my being there and getting paid $30 an hour. There's only so much you can do. The place was completely filthy, so uh, you know I would pick up what I thought I could. But basically, I ended up just sitting there for four or five hours. I saw the sun going down with maybe the best view of Manhattan that I've ever seen we start hearing moaning coming from the bedroom. You know, he's just... 
And it, it, it went on and on like that. Uh, finally, after about 20 minutes of it, we hear the door open, and there he was. He looked like Yoda. He was small and bent over. It was hard to believe that he even had the chest to make those noises. Uh, he came out, he had a glass of scotch on the rocks, a cigarette coming out of his mouth, and he just kind of stumbled toward us. He you know, said something to the effect of, uh, you know, the, the car was supposed to be here an hour ago. Yeah, like a car. Actually, sir, we're here to help you move. We we don't know it. Oh, right, right. Of course, you're you're here too. You're the the minions. That's what you are. You're the minions. Then he turned around and walked back into his room. Now we don't know what to do. This is (laughs) in our calculation. We're already up to you know about three hundred dollars a piece. He calls us into his room about five minutes after that. You know, he says, "Minions, minions," and in his bedroom. There's nothing but bottles of scotch, single malt scotch. This isn't cheap stuff. Shit I've never even heard of because it was so expensive. Yeah. Uh, so we wade through and he's laying there in bed. There's pill bottles strewn everywhere. Uh, he's in there in bed and there's a series of hooks and pulleys to make everything in his room accessible. Because he doesn't like to move, apparently. So there's rubber bands, these big, you know, the, the, the workout rubber bands. He pulls one and a cell phone comes down from the ceiling. He's made, a very, uh, he's made it very convenient to not do shit in bed all day long. So he gives us a little backstory about himself. He tells us that he is, uh, you know, from a very influential South African family. Uh, Studied in England, of course, for years and years. That explains why I don't have that bastard accent that all my countrymen have. Everything's a ramble. Everything ends with a question that you don't know if you're supposed to pick up uh, and answer the question. Uh, So you're here. You're here to ascertain what you're here to see. To see. And that's it, you know. <laughs> and God forbid you interject because then he throws up his crooked finger telling you don't interrupt. It's a very, very difficult social interaction with this man, but apparently he's used to getting his way. So he tells us basically that these communist bastards have insisted that I vacate the premise, so I need your help to to do what? To... Help me move, right? Okay, so get to it now. Don't disturb. And he kicks us out of the room, closes the door. We're not in any real hurry until about an hour and a half in, we get a knock on the door, and it's the moving company. Being familiar with the history of South Africa, (laughs) the African-American gentlemen that are standing there, I can tell that this isn't going to bode well. And sure enough, as they're there, you know, we're throwing everything into the boxes. We're coming across, uh, we came across a pair of uh, testicles uh, in a jar of formaldehyde. There there were his his cat's testicles that he kept. for what, I have no idea, but in, in the box it goes with everything else. We have suits, 
The funny thing about it is he's obviously had access to money his entire life, but he hadn't used it in a long time. We came across a book that had uh, New York City's Most Eligible Bachelor circa 1982, and he's in it. And in the picture, he looked pretty dashing. He really did. Uh, He was a playboy, a Hampton playboy that just bounced around, uh, you know, having a life. But apparently this connection to alcohol and drugs has taken over that. So I'm throwing what was probably four or $5,000 suits that now have the retail value of, I mean, it's a leisure suit, <laughs> you know, it, 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 um, everything was out of date, but he wants it all. And he does finally stir. He comes back out of his room and immediately starts yelling at everyone. You know, I don't, we've a bunch of imbeciles. Yeah. I want everything collected. I want you to. I want everything uh, uh, transcribed. I want. Uh, I want you to have an exact figure of everything. Suits everything. So that well, we've already got six wardrobe boxes just stuffed in there. You know, taped up everything. We're not going to go back and do that, right? The moving company's there, and he comes out and he insults them. You know, I don't trust you Negroes to move my stuff from point A to point B. Or I know your type. I see your shifty eyes. Well, the black men that are standing there, first of all, I mean, he's in no physical condition to be fighting anyone. So it looks like it's up to me and my buddy to <laughs> intervene here. Finally, he throws one too many M-bombs in there. And rightfully so, the moving company said, you know what? fuck you <laughs> they just kind of turned and they walked off so here me and my buddy uh there's a moving truck down there that's supposed to be going out to connecticut to the family estate in connecticut <laughs> we don't know how to get out there he's obviously got no clue because he's so fucked up and the only people that are there him his russian limo driver and me and my buddy well so the the pl- plan is devised we have to get out of the apartment We haul everything down to the moving truck. We get everything into the moving truck. He's cursing out on the streets. His beautiful Porsche pulls up, you know. The Russian has to drive the van there. And so my buddy and I, we get into the Porsche. And his cat has made its first appearance. Now, this is not a house cat. This is the reason i guess he saved the testicles because it's uh it's a thousand dollar cat i've never seen anything like it it's like what the ancient egyptians would worship it it had the spots of a leopard but he puts it into the back seat and we take off now he's had i don't know how much scotch at this point and pills everything else and he's driving 95 miles an hour the cat's running around into the back and it pisses on my friend. The cat just loses control and pisses all over my friend. I don't know if you've ever been peed on by a cat, but it's definitely got a pungent odor to it. And instead of, you know, trying to rectify the situation, he starts yelling at my buddy. You certainly did something to upset this poor beast. You deserved it. Come here, cat. Come here. He starts playing with the cat while driving. You know, he didn't mean to upset you. Very sorry. He didn't mean to upset you. Apologize to the cat. <laughs> Buddy, he's sitting there with cat piss on him. Sorry, cat? Yeah. We finally get to the family estate. Now, this is in the middle of winter. And, of course, he has lost the keys. Mm-hmm. 
So we have no way to get inside. My buddy's soaking wet, standing outside. You can see crystallized cat urine on his sweatshirt. And he's going around banging on different doors, that sort of thing. Well, apparently there's a keeper of the house, a couple that lives there year-round to make sure everything's okay. Well, they come outside and see us standing there. They have no idea who we are. Finally, he comes to our defense. I guess he was checking a window around back or something. These people are with me. You're the minions just as they go back inside. There's nothing to see here. So the people, I guess, you know, they know their role. They go back into their cottage. Finally, he throws a brick through the window, unlocks the door, and we go inside. At this point, the Russian hadn't even caught up to us. I guess he doesn't know how to get there. He's lost, you know. Uh, he goes up to his room, you know, and he uh, he's up there, and we hear more groaning and more moaning, that sort of thing, and we're left to just kind of sit there by ourselves. We don't know what to do. Finally, the Russian pulls up. Uh, we start unloading everything. Mr. Johnson comes down. He's got a bottle of wine that's from 1920. Uh, I I don't care about wine. I've never been one to know anything. I I, I just don't know the difference between good and bad. Uh, but uh, he couldn't he couldn't brag enough about this, you know. So we're sitting there. My buddy and I. He he's back upstairs on his pills. My buddy and I. We're beer drinkers, and we're sitting there drinking a bottle of wine from 1920, looking at a picture of Mr. Johnson's grandfather sitting with Winston Churchill. That's Mr. Churchill on the left and my father on the right. You know, Just laughing about the whole thing. Well, the Russian at this point is just pretty pissed off. I need money. Where's my money? I have to get back. I have family. He goes upstairs. After a little bit of arguing that we hear through muffled walls, we hear a gunshot. Pow! Single shot. The Russian runs downstairs. The motherfucker has gun. He gets in his car, takes off. Well, it, well what are we supposed to do now? We don't have a car. You know, he take, he's gone. My buddy charges up there. What, what are you doing with a, you know, you can't have a gun out. The gun, of course, gets pointed at him. You know, he's an idiot. I don't, I stay down there with the 1920 wine. Mama didn't raise no fool on my part. My buddy comes back down. The guy passed, had eventually passed out with the gun beside him. Uh, and so we're sitting down there not knowing what to do. Uh, we have no cell phone service. And really, nothing but a solid fear for our lives. That's really all that we had going on at this point because the man had lost all bit of rational thought. About 7.30 in the morning, he calls me. Peyton! Peyton, get your ass up here! I go up there, and he's standing naked in the room and completely oblivious to the fact that people should be a little self-conscious, especially with the condition of his body. It was so decrepit. He looked like Mr. Burns, but not old enough to be Mr. Burns. You know, the man is, you know, he's in his 50s, I'm sure, but, you know, certainly has aged his body through chemicals and alcohol. He has a bulbous, uh, what can, I guess, a tumor in place of his chest that made kind of a, 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 a triangle very severe triangle, and he's standing there naked with this frail little body and a little tiny pig dick. I was most surprised that he had no shame because this was the smallest penis that I had ever seen in my entire life. It looked like a little pig dick. 
I, pig dick is all I can keep thinking. And he's standing there barking orders at me, uh, telling me that your friend, he's not allowed. Well, he's not allowed. Well, yeah, up in this bedroom, he is not allowed. Shall we have any conversation betwixt the two of us? It shall be through you. I do not trust him. He questioned, what? What did he, he questioned? My responsibility with a firearm. So he is not allowed up here anymore. Tell him, shall he cross through this threshold? I will fire on him. Well, this is a threat, you know. <laughs> but I certainly conveyed that to my friend. You know, don't go up there. You're going to get shot. You know, and he and I are both from Alabama. We're not. People shoot people down there. So this isn't a threat that we're going to take lightly, especially not with the grade of pharmaceuticals that this man has been consuming. The man that hooked us up with the job eventually comes to pick us up, and this is two days later. And again, we've tallied this up in our mind about how much we're owed. And at this point, you know, we're at, I think, about $5,000 a piece, something like that, which made it worth it. That's how pathetic it is. I mean, that's how, that's how desperate I am to stay out of the 9 to 5 workforce, that this is seeming like a good deal to me. Mr. Johnson stumbles over to us. Well, you haven't been the best workers that I've ever seen in my life. Uh, I assume that you would like to be compensated uh, before you go back. Well, right to your to your meager abode. Right, right. Real quick. So he goes over to his checkbook and he makes out a check for five hundred dollars. I, I could have panhandled for more, and this has been three days now, you know, so it's not even, if we were at minimum wage, this wouldn't be enough. $250 a piece, this is bullshit. So we don't dare insult him by looking at the check while we're in the room, right? Uh, we wait until we're about halfway down the estate driveway, which is considerable, several miles, and uh, Say, so, you know, this check, it's only $500. That's $250 a piece. We, you know, this is bullshit. The guy that picked us up slams on the brakes, throws it in reverse. He says, no, you got you, you to gotta get paid more. Well, I recalled, you know, earlier in the day I had, uh, I had seen an envelope full of British pounds in it. And it's clear at this point that the guy's not going to be stirring. He's not going to pay us anymore. Uh, so I go in and I take the money. I take it. I, it's not my proudest moment, but at the same time, we got ripped off. So I grab the envelope uh, and run out the door. We start driving back down this uh, this long driveway, and suddenly we see lights back behind us. And sure as hell, it is the Porsche lights back behind us. Well, my buddy that picked us up slams on the on the gas. You know, we're doing about 70 down this dark, dark Connecticut driveway. We don't know anything of the terrain. We don't know where these turns are going. We're in the woods pretty much, and he's still following us until we look back and see he runs off of a a, a, a three foot high stone wall. And the car is at an angle. It's stopped uh, at an angle that the back tires are completely off the ground and just spinning there. Uh, we slow down a little bit, look back, uh, and saw that he was still cursing. You sons of bitches, bunch of thieves, you bunch of goddamn thieves. Well, he was fine, you know. <laughs> We're not obligated to help him. He's not injured, obviously. He can, he's, he's still got his cursing bone and his insult bone fully intact. So we take off. Got a phone call about a week later. 
as Peyton, this is, well, I suppose there's no point in that. You know exactly <coughs> who this is. As a matter of British pounds that have been taken from me, I do suppose that you will call me back when at your, right, at your earliest convenience. And safe to say that was uh, a call that I never made. this episode don't forget if you're in new york the next nine week workshop storytelling workshop that we teach at the storystudio.org starts february 18th and we've been doing a lot of one day workshops but in february we're going to do a little experiment and try a two day workshop give you a little more bang for your buck a little more time to process uh, what you're learning and so that is on February 25th and 26th. Go to thestorystudio.org to learn more. If you want to follow Risk on Twitter or Facebook, we're at Risk Show. And if you want to follow me personally on Twitter, I'm at the Kevin Allison. And on Facebook, I am Kevin Allison Comedian in the Pages section. Got to check out Pages. Kevin Allison Comedian. Next week, we will return with another one of my long-form stories. If you've never heard Kevin Goes to Kink Camp, it's a good idea to listen to that first because it's good backstory for what is about to come. This is Zemina Saranana behind me now with a song called Different. And the only thing left to say is, folks, today's the day. Take a risk.
Hey! 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 Hey!